Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Genesis chapter 14. Amen. How many of us can tell me what series we are in right now? Can you shout it louder if you're excited about it? Good. Today, or this first service, um, or this morning, the title for this morning's topic is The Tenth. Please, can you show that so that everyone can see it? The Tenth. Am I going to see it here or is it back here? Back there. Oh. Well, we can see it. It's fair. If you can't see it, just prophetically look at it, you can see it. Amen. The title is called The Tenth. So Genesis chapter 14, we're going to start reading from verse 13. The Bible says, Then one who had escaped came and told Abraham and the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamer, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, the brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abram. Now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his, in his own household, and he went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaver, that is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. And he was the priest of God most high. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of, so- of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourselves. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a, from a thread to a sandal strap, that, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. Except only that, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me. And there, Eshkol and Mamer, let them take their portion. Bless the reading of the word. The tenth. The Bible here, let me paint it, give us a little framework on this story. This here is, starting from Genesis chapter 14, chapter chapter 14 verse 1, we see that Abram is trying to rescue Lot. But what happened was in the beginning of the story, we see five kings versus four kings. Five kings and four kings go to war. Four kings defeat five kings. Strange. Four kings defeat five kings. And unfortunately, the five kings 
Lot, if we read in the previous chapter, where he and Abraham's servants, his servants and Abraham's servants had a quarrel, and Lot decided to go toward the greener pasture, towards Sodom. And Abraham decided to go towards the desert because they had a quarrel. Now in chapter 14, we see that the kings of these two, of five kings and four kings have a battle. Sodom is part of the five kings. And in that battle, the four kings defeat the five kings and they capture everything that belongs to the five kings. Now, Abraham, not Abraham, because his name has not changed, Abraham hears about it and he's like, no, I will not let my brother's son stay captive. I will go fight for him. The Bible tells us that Abraham musters 318 of his men. How can 318 men defeat an army of four kings? That's another sermon for another day. Let's move forward. Now we see that Abraham successfully defeats these four kings, yes, and he gets everything back. Now on his way, he meets a king that we hear about once and we never hear about again. The Bible calls him the king of Salem. His name is Melchizedek, meaning king of righteousness. King of Salem, meaning king of peace. Now, let me ask you, who is the prince of peace? All of you are looking at me. Who is the prince of peace? Jesus. But Abraham did not meet the prince of peace. He met the king of peace. What I'm about to say, I will say it once. If you have questions about it, show for disciples. In the beginning... God walked on the earth. That's all I'm going to say. The Bible says Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, which means he could see God and they walked together. So, can I put it to you that the person Abraham, Abraham saw was not a man. It was God. But that is not the focus of, my, of the sermon. You see, there is this notion that if you don't tithe, God won't bless you. You don't need to tithe for God to bless you. God will bless you irrespective if you tithe or not. Follow with me. Don't be lost. Let's go back to verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. What was that? What do we say as that in the New Testament? He brought out a communion. 
he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Has Abram given anything yet? Okay. And he gave him a tithe of all, a tenth of everything that he won back when he went to fight the battle. Now, after Abram gave it to him, this is what happens. If you go to chapter 15, from verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So God can bless you, whether you tithe or not. But I'm here to show you what your tithe does. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and I am your exceedingly great reward. When you tithe, you're not seeking a blessing. You are seeking God's protection and his eternal reward. Now, what does that look like? Practically speaking, we're going to use Abraham as the case study. For Abraham, for God to be his shield and exceedingly great reward, he had a challenge. His generation was going to die with him. Keep in mind, this is, as of this chapter, this is the third time God is telling Abraham, I will make you, your, make your descent, make you great. And you shall be a father of many nations. But God is repeating it again to him here. So now you tell us, okay, does it mean if I tithe, then God will reveal my purpose to me? No, you don't need to tithe for God to reveal your purpose to you. In tithing, God gives you specifics. Let's read that. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Elias of Damascus. Then Abraham said, look, you, you have given me no offspring indeed. One born in my house is in, indeed one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, this is what your tithe does. It gives you specifics. Fast forward, let's just fall down to verse... 12. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. And he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they shall serve, I will judge. Afterwards, they shall come out with great possession. All because somebody decided to tithe. 
before you are you be a father of many nations, you be a father of many nations. How is it going to be? He never had that specific. He never had that detail. Now, as for you, see now God has spoken to him about his descendants and then God brought it back to him. Now, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, now he goes back to his descendants again. Now in the fourth generation, they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Verse 18. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I, I have given this land. From the river of Egypt, which is the Nile River, to the great river, the river Euphrates, which is in Turkey, the Canaanites and the and the Kadamonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Raphaims, the Amorites and the Canaanites, the Girgashites and the Jebusites. God is telling Abraham, for this one thing you've done, this is how I told you, look at the stars, you couldn't picture it. But now I'm telling you, I am giving you specifics. For what you have given, for what you have tithed, this is what I'm going to do. The descendants, I'm telling you, they will come. They won't just come. You won't just have children, but you will have very prosperous descendants. Nothing they touch will waste. They will prosper in all they do. They will be so wealthy, but they will serve a king first. After they're done serving that king, they will take everything that king owns. And they will come back to this place. But let me show you the expanse of the land. They, so when we see Israel today, God is still in the process of fulfilling the prophecy he gave to Abraham 6,000 plus years ago. Because from Egypt to Turkey, from Turkey all the way down to Iran and Iraq and Syria, all of that is Abraham's promise. Go do your history. Go find out all these Canaanites and Jebusites. All that area turned into Syria and Iraq and Iran. And Kazakhstan and Afghanistan. That is a promise God gave Abraham. Not because God wanted to bless him. But because Abraham paid a tithe. So now let me ask you a question. What promise or promises are you setting up for your future? God can bless you. Remember I said, you don't have to tithe for God to bless you. But for it to go past you, to the descendants after you. And for you to live in this dispensation and be able to see 430 years into the future. It takes insight. And it takes the tithe. So yes, those naysayers that say, oh, you don't need to tithe for God to bless you. I've blessed God Christ. In Christ, we are all blessed. Yes. But it stops at you. Abraham secured the generation, secured his seeds after him by the tithe. 
God had promised him a son and that he will have many descendants. But in the tithe, Abraham did not just secure that generation. He didn't just secure all of that. He secured their prosperity. He secured their protection. Now, if you're very selfish, it's okay. That's fine. You don't need to tithe. Keep it to yourself. But I'm here to put it to you that whatever it is you struggle for, after you've gone through this world, your children too will start from scratch and start the same struggle. God has blessed them. Whatever they work with their hands, God will bless. True or false? The works of your hands, he will bless. So if your children work hard, they will be blessed. It's fine. But can you secure a future for the descendants after you to where your children and your generations don't have to work as hard as you did. Abraham, or Abraham, fought for his possession. Jacob, God, an angel revealed it to him in his dream. When the sheep are sleeping, put this rod next to this one. Let this rod, put it in the water. Let the sheep face the sheep so that you get this specific type. What we are learning today in genetics, God showed Jacob in a dream. Some of you, when you want to get married eventually, the first thing you ask the person that you want to get married to, are you AA or AS? For those of you who know that, what it means, it means you're, getting, you're ready for marriage. If you don't know what it means, then you're a little distance from it. What we are learning today in genetics, God showed Jacob in a dream. So, what you're striving to actualize as a human being can you just obey God and just tithe? And see what he's going to pour on you when he opens that window of heaven. See, when we say open, we blessing. we're looking for more money in your bank account. No. If all God does when you tithe is put more money in your bank account, then he's not God. Then he's very myopic short-sighted. He does not see far. Genesis chapter 28 verse 22. We see Jacob. This was two generations after engaging in what his father did. Jacob promised God at Bethel. He says, if you will be with me, as I go to Laban and you bring me back safely, I will give you a tenth of everything that you've given to me. Let me tell you why the angel appeared to up to Jacob to reveal to him what he revealed to him. Because God knew if I leave Jacob alone with Laban, he will leave this place empty handed. Because Laban was deceiving him and cheating him out of everything. So God appeared to him in a dream and gave him specifics of what to do. You can see that in Genesis chapter 31 verse 13. 
Genesis 31, 13. You see, for some of you here, you'll be like, I make high tithe. I don't need all of this. But let me tell you, I'm telling, I'm sharing this with us because you can do things in the kingdom if you don't have understanding of why you're doing it, you will not have any result. Because some of you, but I tithe. I, I, I don't need that. That message is not for me. I tithe. I already tithe. Why are you tithing? What are you supposed to expect after you tithe? The reason why a lot of us keep saying, but I tithe, but I don't see anything is because you don't know why. So even if God answers you, you don't know what to expect. Because we're looking for money in our bank account. Good. Genesis 31, 13. It says, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise and get out of this land and return to the land of your family. Jacob made a promise that he would pay, pay a tithe if God blessed him. Now God showed up to collect. You promised me. I'm waiting for you where you promised me. So leave this place and come back so that you fulfill what you promised me. So that I'll fulfill what I am promising you. What is, how useful is the tenth or the tithe? The tithing is so useful that Jacob, Joseph employed the same system to save the world. Who can recite, without opening your Bibles, who can recite Malachi 3.10 for me? Which I'm so almost everybody can, but who can? Who just want to take a step? Yes, please. Um, it says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And put me here with, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there may not be room enough to receive it. All right. Good. Thank you so much for that. Now let's go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Joseph, in his great wisdom, came and said, Pharaoh, you see these two dreams you had? They're the same. The lean heads of wheat eating the fat heads of wheat and the lean cows eating the seven fat cows both mean the same thing. It means that there are seven years of plenty coming up and there will be seven years of famine. We get that part. Now, do we remember that Bible Sunday school story? Yes? Yes? Remember it? No? That's fine. We don't have time. We're not going to go to it. But then Joseph says, <laughs> let us build storehouses and we're going to employ all the people to bring one-fifth of everything they make for seven years and we're going to store it. Second line of Malachi 3.10. That there may be food in my house. And Joseph is telling Pharaoh, if they do this, there will be food where? In the land. Try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So let me ask you. 
After Joseph employed that tactic, was there anybody that died in the seven years of famine? Did the Bible tell us that there was anybody who died? Everyone who made their way to Egypt had more than enough to eat. When you tithe, it's not about you. It's about the generation after you. If Joseph did not employ this tactic to save the, children, to save the people of Egypt, his brothers who were in the land of Canaan would have died. And today, the song that you sing, Blessings of Abraham are mine, it will not be yours. Because that entire generation would have died from hunger. When you tithe, you are saving not just yourself. You are saving the next generation. Imagine all the children that were born in the seven years of famine. If there was no food, how would they have survived? If there was nothing in the storehouses of Egypt, what will the children born in the seven years of famine have eaten? Even the children born in the seven years of plenty, what would they have eaten in the seven years of famine? That would have been 14 years of death. Jesus never condemned tithing. All Jesus condemned was the heart of tithing. Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14, we see here Jesus giving a parable. The phrase says there was a Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee came before God in the temple and lifted up his hands and said, But Lord, you know I tithe, I do all of this, I do all of that. I'm not like that man over there, the tax collector. I know that you hear me. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And he walked away. And the tax collector came and said, Father, be merciful to me. You know I'm a sinner. And Jesus Christ, at the end of the parable, he said, which of these two people do you feel that their prayer was answered? Jesus was not condemning the tithe. He was condemning pride. So even when you bring your tithe, what is the posture of your heart? Because we can finish service now and say, everyone paying your tithe, come out today and give your tithe. But what is your heart saying? Because even the tithe can be rejected by God. If you don't give it right. If, you think, if we think all offerings are accepted, ask Cain and Abel. Abel's was accepted. Cain's was rejected. You can write down for your notes Matthew chapter 23 verse 23 and Luke chapter 11 verse 42. Jesus still here was speaking about tithing. He's saying, you Pharisees, you bother yourself about the tithe of the mint and the tithe of the cumin. But about the weightier things, you don't bother yourself about it. Judgment and justice. Jesus was never against it. But what Jesus was teaching us was that for your tithe to be accepted, you need to concern yourself about other things. 
So if you're living in sin and you think if you pay your tithe, all is good and done. No, it is not good and done. All you did was you gave a free will donation to the work of God. But it was not accepted. And if there was such a system in which churches can, God can show everybody whose tithe was accepted and those that were not, churches will write a check and give it back to you. Because there's no need collecting something from you that God does not accept. So it is an individual thing. You have to check yourself every time you come before the Lord. Bible says that Jesus Christ said, if any one of you has any grudge against his neighbor and he comes with his offering, keep your offering first and go make peace with your neighbor. Then come back and give it. So I wrap up with this. Only broken people can tithe. If if the word has not broken you, You cannot tithe. Only broken people can truly be obedient to what God says. Only broken people can can follow the principles of God the way he has it written out. I know for someone here you're saying, well, Mecca, I don't care about what you're talking about. I just bought a new car last week. I'm in the process of about to buy a house. I'm good. I'm set. But remember what I said. That is selfish. There's something I'm going to address in the second service about tithing. And why tithing, being selfish in tithing does not work. Amen. 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 So my, my admonition to us this morning, tithe, but fix your heart. Tithe, but stop sinning. Tithe, stop holding grudges and malice. Tithe, but don't hold unforgiveness in your heart. All those things affect whether you receive the open windows of heaven. The Bible says that God despises the proud. So you cannot be proud and expect to give your tithe and get away with it. Tithing is not bribe. Some people would think we're bribing God. No, you're not. It's best for you to keep your money in your account and put it in a savings account somewhere and sold. Remember an investment account and it's going to yield more compound interest for you than to come before God and think you're deceiving God and deceiving man. Oh, you know, we tithe. I mean, that church, we know we're tithers there. But a whole bunch of you hold unforgiveness in your heart. No. Don't deceive yourself. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. 
Pay your tithe. But remember judgment. Pay your tithe. But remember justice. Because in that is your reward. All heads bowed. I'm going to do an altar call. And we're gonna, I'm going to wait 30 seconds. Check your heart. Check your heart. Is there an ounce of anger, bitterness, pride, hurt, malice against anybody, even yourself? Are you mad at yourself? It means you need to rededicate your life to Christ. I'm going to give you this opportunity to come out and meet me here. Let us pray a prayer of faith together. Uh, there's no need to be a big boy or big girl about it. Any more seconds? So come and just rededicate your life to Christ. God is willing to accept your offerings and your tithing and all your free will givings. But he's more concerned about your heart. Because believe, if you miss the heart part, if you miss the heart part, then you've missed it everything.
And the Bible says, and they will come to me on that day and say, Master, but Lord, Lord, we served in your name. We did this in your name. We gave in your name. And you say, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you not. Jesus is after your heart. Like we learned last week, if he gets your heart, then he can get your pocket. But if he doesn't have your heart, don't try to give him your pocket. If you're online, and you do want to rededicate or dedicate your life to Christ, please do not hesitate to text the number on the screen, and somebody will reach out to you. But we pray for you from here that this decision you've made, you will never regret it. That the Lord will keep you and that his countenance will continue to shine over you. And that from today you will become the new person that Christ wants you to be. In Jesus' name. Let us all put our hands together for the Lord. If you're paying your tithe this morning, please can you come up? 
remember if you have any hurt or anything in your heart against anybody sit in your seats it's fine no judgment here just do your due diligence to go make peace with that person and then you can come back Father, we thank you for these ones. They have come in obedience to your word. Father, we pray this hour that you accept their giving. Lift up your hands. Because that's what the Bible says Abraham did. Lord, we pray even this very hour. You, our Lord God, most high, possessor of the heavens and the earth, that you reveal to these ones their possessions. Hidden reaches in secret places. Lord, grant them the wisdom, the insight to see, the foresight to see. Lord, that their lives will indeed be true blessings. And testaments and testimonies to the world that you indeed are a living God and whatever you say you will do you do father use these ones as a testimony father let their tithe we rebuke the devourers for their sake and whatsoever is a destroyer in their lives Lord from today ceases to exist but above all Lord let their hearts continually stay steadfast on you Father may their hearts never become stone let their hearts always continue to pant after you like the deer pants after the water brook thank you precious Father in Jesus mighty name we pray Amen Do you, if you have your offering, if you have your offering, now this is free will, free giving. It's not tied, there's no percentage or anything to it. Shall I share something with us? Just, okay. Your tithe does not show you love God. Because he asked you for it. Your offering is what shows you love him. Amen? Your tithe is an instruction. It's a principle. If you obey it, it has result. But your offering is free. Now, this is the moment where you show God how much you love him. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.